this is my weekly Twitter space where I usually talk to people about <laughs> um, uh, their journey to where they are uh, in the gaming space overall, no matter what they do, if they're a caster, a team owner, uh, agency owner, creator, salesperson, like whatever it is in the gaming space, uh, and really hope to provide you guys with nuggets from them getting from where they started to where they are. Um, Landon was actually one of my first guests, so you can go back. Uh, if you search AMG Spaces on Spotify, you can go back and listen to when I did interview him about uh, his life and like how he became a CDL caster and him and I working together on a podcast many years ago. Um, but today, uh, we have a very special episode. Um, Landon and I both have been fans of competitive Call of Duty for as long as I've known him. His name was Mr. Rostermania, um, or Air Lando 2K Ops, or whatever it was back it then. It was some variation of that, yeah. I <laughs> um, and I got to hang out with Landon at Champs. It was actually pretty cool. We had dinner, got kicked out of the place we were eating, and then randomly i think we sat in like a hotel lobby for another hour just talking and um it was really great to see you man congratulations on your baby and everything i'm glad you got to go home and and see her and everything like that um and uh both of us being call of duty fans you know roster mania is a time of year landon is pumping out a bajillion videos go check out his content um i've secretly been doing shorts as well on my channel just nobody knows it because they're shorts i've seen them uh, i've seen them <laughs> of course you have um, so I've been releasing shorts just about what's going on, just me being able to share my opinion a couple times a day, um, nothing big, but I want to talk about what's going on in the Call of Duty scene, and we, of course, have to start, you know, I wanted to walk through, like, all the confirmed changes and what you, where you think people are going to land and stuff like that, but honestly, I want your first response to the news we got an hour ago from Optic Texas that what they said literally 24 hours ago about dropping Illy and Dashy. Um, I want your response um, to um, that news coming out on the timeline. Yeah, man. Well, first off, I appreciate you for having me. I don't know if I'm the first ever uh, second appearance on the podcast, but maybe I can. You are. Okay. I can hold that title. Great. I can maybe add that to the bio. (laughs) Uh, But no, I appreciate you for having me on. This could be a great combo. Looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I was actually editing uh, a video, obviously. So you, we talked about like I've literally made probably I don't know five or six videos, and two of them have been posted. So it's like I was late in the minute or in the uh-huh. middle of a probably an hour long recording of me going super super in depth on where um, Dashi and Illy were going to go. So I was like pretty well poised. I felt like, okay, I kind of roughly know where I feel like they could go. The teams who could be of their best interest. And in the middle of recording, because uh, I had to do some, some last second like tidbits and whatnot, I actually caught my, my live reaction of the tweet. And it was just shock. It was just confusion. Uh, at first, it was a little bit of anger, obviously, because I'm like, wait a second, was this <laughs> was this actually a joke? Like, you know, does this right. really make a whole lot of sense? And to be honest with you, I thought, okay, well, maybe this was just, um, maybe this was just them having a laugh, watching everybody kind of squirm a little bit. And then I started to actually think about it. I started to pull up the streams of players, obviously Zuma being one, um, and whatnot. And I started to realize, I'm like, wait with all the players who were like kind of talking and all the sources and the different things, how did everybody get this wrong? Like, how was there not like a fake, you know, or a non-fake person that had come forward and said, Hey, actually like this could not really be the case. So um, obviously it it sounds like now I'm not sure how updated you are kingdom, but it sounds like at least as of five Oh eight central time, six Oh eight Eastern time, whatever that is Pacific. um, It sounds like it was, in some way, an intentional move. It wasn't just well, bait, right? Yeah, so I I tuned into Dashy right when he started his stream. He was freaking out because he had 17,000 viewers. Um, and a good stream for him is 2K. So he was freaking out. And the first thing he said, he answered the first question was, was this a troll? And what he said was, it was not entirely a troll. Like it was, he, well, he said it was not a troll, Um, and that's really all I can say about it. Like, so they were trading him and what worries me 
is all of the other pieces. Like I literally was about to watch uh, Octane's video on Phase Dashy, which is what I thought was going to happen for sure. Yeah. Well, with the tweet earlier from Alec as well, or from Arsenis, it, it sounded yeah. like, okay, that might be it. So, like, it, let me let you speculate for a little bit. I have my own opinion. But what do you think happened? Because if they honestly had dropped Dashy and Illy, which seems legit, like they made graphics, they put ads on those graphics, um, Dashy said it was not a full troll, uh, he, he said that out loud to 17,000 people. It's all over the timeline now. Um, Illy seemed to, like, his response, it, it seemed like they were serious because they didn't really say anything else. Um, and from all the pro players I listened to, from every podcast I watched, every video for the last 24 hours, everyone seemed to be informed that this was legit, that these guys were shopping for new teams, that teams were talking to them, and that Hydra was seriously about to be on optic. Like mm-hmm. what do you what do you think could have happened that it changed everything? Yeah, so these are these are the two scenarios that I think could have happened. And I would say the first one is is that we're on a massive delay of news. So the thing that I'm really confused about, right, is that like you said, we did see the tweets coming in from Illy um, and from Dashy, you know, claiming that they were unrestricted and obviously in Dashy's case a restricted free agent. And then we heard, you know, different players that could have been potential additions like Hydra um, and maybe like Cami or Attach right. or even Sky. So, like, those were to me like the four players who were probably in lead contention to probably get on Optic with Hydra being the most likely. So, I think either we were on a major delay because I was very confused about like Dashy's reaction because it, it wasn't like he came on stream and was like, you know, guys, I, I barely made it back onto the team. It was like, yeah, like, I'm here. Like, this is crazy. We're getting all kinds of viewers. Like, right. and with the reaction of everybody, it, to me, either it was a huge delay, meaning that, like, this was a conversation that actually happened, like, a week ago, and we're learning this later on, and they just tweeted for a reason that I can't 100% put together. Or, in my eyes, this is mostly on Illy, um, again, the Dashy tweet doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but maybe they were waiting for confirmation on Illy. Maybe he was getting a final word from a doctor about whether or not he can actually play this season or if he's good. And maybe, right. um, people through the grapevine got things mixed up a little bit because technically Illy and Dashy, uh, you know, are AR players. So if everyone's thinking, okay, well maybe Illy's out of the team for Hydra, and then the order of operation became, okay, well, now apparently Cami attached or Skies could be here. Actually, those players are flex players. They're not main AR players. Could they run the role? Yes. But those three players would actually better suit, if we're talking about a one-for-one switch, Illy. So what I think could have also happened in this case is that maybe mm. they were waiting for Illy. And in the meantime, they had a mutual agreement where Illy said, hey, if I can't play, you guys are welcome to go ahead and figure things out. Um, you know, maybe just find out who would be interested. And then from there, if I'm good, then I get my spot back, right? And they said yes. So in the meantime, while Illy was figuring that out, they were contacting players, just gauging the interest. And then that's kind of where we ended up. So those, I think, are to me the two situations that at least at first make somewhat of sense, but it's, it's right. not perfect. I don't know what you got. So for me, I honestly think they were dropped – I think that, you know, Dylan and and, uh, Seth were in Hawaii together uh, on vacation and probably had some good conversations about the potential of teaming. Um, I think that there was legitimate frustration from Rambo and Seth, maybe even Shotzi on the second half of the year with Illy being inconsistent, which although it wasn't his fault, it's, you can't change that. It's like, you know, you can't get too mad at Zuma for messing with up his finger, but NYSL had a decision to make, you know? And right. so um, I also though think that Dashy's like, you know, the lateness, the showing up to, you know, all that stuff that's been talked about for years. Um, I think that was a part of it as well. I think Hydra was close to joining Optic. I saw Crim Six's comment. I heard everything he said over the last 24 hours. Um, pro players know these things. Like, th- this is the thing is that even though Optic holds their cards close to the chest and historically has been really good at keeping secrets on their rosters, uh, the fraternity of pro players seem to be uh, really good uh, at 
knowing what's going on and just not releasing it. The fact that these guys made videos even two hours ago um, and got on the flank and everything else and were genuinely surprised when this stuff happened today, all the pro players were surprised. Um, I think this was decided like this morning. Um, I don't think we're as far behind as we might think we are. I think that uh, Hydra thought he was going to be on Optic. I think that the negotiations might have been um, what changed the plans here. I think Hydra's cost was probably substantial. And I think maybe Illy and Dashy were made offers to stay on Optic. And they were negotiated with that were comparable to what Hydra might have gotten total. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's really like the numbers that, that knowing what, because it's, since it's public, you know, knowing what Krim made last year and then knowing what Hydra was being offered, like almost $200,000 more than that, or I guess $120,000 more than that per year for three years. Like Krim uh, posted, you know, in Reddit that it's actually what happened is that Hydra, that Krim left the team because Hydra didn't want to play with him. Right. Um, or Paul, I guess. And and then Hydra was going to go to Optic. So New York was going to be out of luck. Like, you know, and I don't know if this was a play from New York at the last minute, offering Hydra more money. And then Optic realized, like, we can't get Hydra. We need to get, you know, Dashi and Illy back. I honestly am clueless to the negotiations. I don't think any of us will ever know because nobody that's on the inside is of that and of those conversations is going to leak it but i will say if i'm hydra and if i'm cami or attach or whoever was potentially going there um for those guys this kind of sucks you know yeah like 100 percent. this is an unfortunate situation um and you know what are your thoughts in terms of like if we switch off of optic um because it seems as if they're now teaming and had more impressions and more times trending than any team over the last 24 hours than any team has had all year long. Like it's bananas what they were able to do. I do not think, I think they're smart. They're normally, Hex is normally a million steps above everybody, but I don't think this was a troll. Um, And so, you know, when it comes to uh, the other players that were mentioned, like, is there another team you see a player like Cami landing on? Yeah. And to be honest, like, well, and again, it's difficult to know exactly like what did occur in the background. You know, it's obviously speculation. I right. will say, I really think that at least for a few of these players, I think for Cami and Attach especially, um, really, maybe even for all the guys that were brought up, while it isn't a spot on Optic Texas, it at the very least is something that does strengthen, I think, their um, – <clears throat> How would I say? Like their merit, I guess, in the community. Because if if Optic is seriously considering, if we're talking about Cami, if he was actually the front runner to really join Optic Texas as the flex or main AR, right. then I think there was already a lot of talk about him. You know, he had a great year in Cold War, but obviously last season it wasn't that great. Him, despite being in a bunch of rumors to possibly going to Optic Texas, being their first choice. It may not have looked good at first, but I think now it actually puts him in a great light and mm. um, maybe even becomes more of a front runner or maybe even earns him some more money from some of these franchises. There could be a team that was like, eh, you know, Cammy. But if Optic is really interested and they were thinking about him being their future, replacing somebody like Illy or even Dashy, maybe we should take a look at that guy, you know? So um, yeah. I think the same thing could be said for Attach. The same thing could maybe even be said for Skies. I think for Paco as well. Like if there were negotiations with New York um, that were going on, it sounds like they were already offering him, if the rumors are true, already offering him a substantial okay. amount. Maybe yeah. that helps his case even more with New York. Maybe they have 100% confidence. Okay, we are 1,000% investing in Hydra. That little bit of a doubt that maybe we had in going with him now is over. Um, right. But I think, I don't know, when it comes to Cammy, like, there's a lot of options available. Um, I, to be honest, I think he is a very interesting piece uh, for quite a few teams. I know there have been rumors about Boston. That would obviously make perfect sense as a flex rolls open for them with TJ. Uh, depending on what's going on with Florida, that could be a move um, because they technically have an open slate. Same thing for Minnesota. LAG is questionable because they technically have everybody on a contract, but 
there it seems like really anybody could be put onto that team. Um, yeah, yeah, I will say the most intriguing roster now, if everything goes back to normal, which honestly was before all of this took place with Opie Texas, is the New York Subliners, at least for me, because if you do have Hydra, uh, you do have three very valuable spots. Um, to play right. alongside of him. Obviously, there's a lot of people who hold the guy in high regard. If Optic Texas was even trying to grab him and willing to even compete with a massive offer from that franchise, that puts him in an even better light. And by having one SMG locked down, possibly two SMG positions locked down, now you're left to grab a flex in an AR. And, an AR. and the reason why I say New York, not just because it's um, not just because it's Hydra's team, but also because a lot of teams who are out there right now have the AR positions locked down. It's usually the SMGs that are like that are obviously the most important, but are the one thing that's lacking. And so if you're in New York and you have Hydra and let's say you have Kismet, a great SMG duo from last year that I honestly hope right. that they do keep together, now you're looking for a flexion in AR where there's a great class of players, players that obviously – uh, Optic Texas was looking. Do you, at. I mean, do you do you see like to the to the stuff that was shown from the conversations on the flank with Krim and Hydra, the beef that they had, Hydra admitting that every other scrim he chalked and wasn't trying, and then leading up to champs he wasn't trying at all. Like, do you do you think a player like Cami, who's from such a regimented team oriented yeah. team, you know, focused team, do you think he would fit? with Hydra in New York? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think one thing to mention too, um, in regards to that is that like skies was his pick originally. So if mm -hmm. we are going specific role by role, well, I did say Cammy could be a great piece on New York or whatever. Right. You know, if it's, it's really weird to like think, okay, this is all ended, but if we are going to like what happened moments before the optic Texas tweets and the rumor about Hydra, you know, he was talking about Skies originally. Um, so yeah. that would technically take up the flex role. At the same time, I feel like Skies is one of those flex players that can actually run a true main AR. Um, but, yeah, that is something to really think about, though, for, for the New York Subliners and for whoever they team or whoever they're able to grab. You know, with hearing all of this talk from Krim about Hydra not being as motivated, maybe the language barrier being obviously a little bit of a problem. Right. Um, I think that will possibly hold a few players back but at the same time maybe having a player like cammy who as you said comes from a totally different system right. uh the same way that i thought dashy could be a great addition on toronto given that culture that they have that may be a player that you want to surround somebody like hydra somebody who has come from that system knows how to work it and you know maybe hydra would respect something you know such as that so i think there's yeah, possibility I mean for it that's definitely something to think about. You know, I think this puts New York in a really interesting position because, you know, Clayster said something and you might have more insight than I do to the actual teams, but Clayster was like, every team is similar to what New York was going through. It's just, you guys don't hear about it. Like he was just saying that there has been teams that have beefed at that level in the past, you know, yeah. like the, I mean, we know the optic dynasty team was basically <laughs> experiencing that level of beef. Um, but it's like every team has, you know, Clayster was basically like every team has problems. There's infighting. That's why you have to have a coach and an assistant coach and like people that can, that they can vent to and speak to. Um, it just sounds like the environment of NYSL, which they did a darn good job of painting a different picture. I'll say that much. <laughs> they um, did. Yeah. <laughs> like I fell in love with the whole, like, you know, and I've mentioned this a number of times, but I fell in love with the Hydra Crim six, big brother, little brother. And I thought that was going to be, until Krim retired, I thought like he was going to pass his legacy on to Hydra. Like I yeah. really saw that happening. And so it's interesting to me that, that they have gone away from that. And I'm kind of like, I don't, I mean, what? You, let me ask, I guess I'll ask your opinion though. You know, you have worked with a team before. Um, you've kind of publicly talked about that, that you've worked with a team on the back end, helping them put together a roster. Uh, how much does, a player's ability to work with to work well with others uh, go into choosing rosters. Um, it's a it's a tad different whenever I did it because it was in the first year of the CDL and everybody was kind of up for grabs. And at the time of whenever I was, so I, I would say I had a little bit of a different experience. So I feel like I can talk on it a little bit, but I mm -hmm. can't a hundred percent 
I yes, know you can't say relate in the same way. But from what I can say is that uh, that was something that we uh, talked about all the time. It was like, you know, can these players realistically work together? Like, is that something that if we have all these guys, if we are going to have this team, uh, and that was during 5v5 as well. So we're talking about personalities. That was even more difficult to like 100% confirm, you know, the ties that previous players had. Are these guys going to really work together? Um, but I think if franchises aren't already doing that, I, I, and I, I believe that they are, but that is one thing that I think does get understated a lot from the community is like, oh yeah, well, this team has loads of talent. Like imagine if, you know, these players combine together, then you have like the four highest KD players in the entire league. Surely that can all make sense. And it's like, and obviously you know this, it doesn't work that way. And no. in Call of Duty where the personalities are incredibly prominent, um, you know, it just yeah. it's something that has to be considered at all times. And I think uh, as Clay said, or whoever mentioned it, uh, to me is one of the primary culprits for why teams have never stuck together. Like, you know, when we talk about like dynasty teams, what happened to all those teams? Like if you count for Rico impact, they disbanded because of internal problems. Why did a complexity EG disband? A lot of people think it's for other stuff. No, it was because of internal problems. Why did optic gaming end up disbanding? It was because of internal problems. It wasn't as if they didn't have the talent. It wasn't as if it wasn't the players. It was because of the issues with the personalities uh, and all that stuff. And so that's why I think that, you know, teams like Atlanta Phase, which we can talk about later on, very impressive. Toronto Ultra, how long they stuck together. So, incredibly impressive for, for how difficult it is to maintain these personalities. Yeah, so let's talk about Atlanta Phase, you know. So Alec t- tweets out this cryptic, I might be, like, I'm, I guess I'm a restricted free agent, like, and I look on the, you know, I meticulously look at the breaking points, um, their roster mania hub that they have, because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been fairly up to date. Um, but as of today, they've not tweeted any, they haven't post, they haven't updated anything. It still says Optic Texas is targeting Hydra, Cami, and others as the most recent rumor. Um, they didn't mention Alex's tweet at all. Um, do you think he's really going to be off of that team i mean i've spoken that i if they were going to make any change to get past second place it was going to be to change alec nothing against him i don't think he looked very happy on that team though to be honest i don't think he wants to be on a villain type of team mm-hmm. um and of course he's not going anywhere it's not like alec's not going to be in the league um but when dashy was going to potentially be on there i remember thinking like okay this would be one of the most the suckiest teams to play against like i i would like having Dashy and Celium and Simp and Abizi on the map together on the same team seems like it, it, I bash my head against the wall. Yeah. The moment the game started. However, I also have to think about like, how would they team? And there's still no veteran that can lead that team when they get down, you know, like there's no, except for their coach who right now doesn't have phase in his bio, you know? Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen with phase? Do you think Alex really, kind of leaving and then have you thought about like in your big video you made did you talk about the potential for who could go to phase in your in your mind yeah i talked about it a lot um which again we'll never see a lot of day uh but um (laughs) you know i talked about like you know if dashi would technically make sense on this team i don't know it's it's weird because i feel like for atlanta phase i've kind of gone back and forth on this it's like i have one side of me for atlanta that says you know what it was Vanguard. It was a very difficult title to predict. You know, you had the constant second place finishes over and over again. Right. Um, you know, maybe we just we gave it a go again at the next title and we just kind of move forward. Like that was kind of it. It's like, hey, let's just blame it on the game. It was a weird season. It just wasn't our title. Like you saw Simp that times not looking like Simp. A BZ was not True. a BZ year from what we saw out of him. Um, it's like the team just had problems with different situations whether it was search destroy making sure all the game modes were on top of each other and i would i i'm still like siding with that i think it was more of a game thing just not matching up with their play styles over anything yeah. else but then there's the other side of me where it's like yeah but those second place finishes are annoying like yeah the fact that you got to that many finals and couldn't get over the finish line versus granted a solid looking optic team a Cinderella story team in LAG, which nobody saw uh, coming, a Seattle team that technically has your number, but and they have a good matchup versus them, but still, it's just it's just strange. And then <laughs> you faced off against Thieves in the final, and Thieves obviously looked the best that they ever had. Like, 
there's another part of me where it's like, you know, maybe these were like little cracks that have been developing throughout the season where they've started to maybe lose a little bit of confidence in each other. So I would say that Atlanta phase isn't safe. Like I would say like Arshdy specifically and unfortunate because I love Alec. I don't think if, if we were to say today up until August 22nd, which is when free agents can be signed and all that stuff, I would not say with 100% certainty that like, yes, I think that Atlanta phase stay together. I don't know what that Arshdy's tweet was about. You know, he said, like, restricted free agent, I guess. I think it was right. a little bit of a troll, but maybe there was a little bit of frustration behind the tweet. Um, but I do think that there is there is something there. And I, I think I talked to you about this at the hotel. Like, my big thing for Atlanta phase is this. If they do decide to stick it out together, and it's not an easy free agent market. It's not, it's not easy to make roster changes even in the early part of the season. But if Atlanta phase go into major one of next year, that's how the format goes. If they go into major one and lose again, or even get second place, what do they do? Was that is that the final straw, or do they give it one more go and then they start to realize when are we gonna when are we gonna finally put this to bed? So, I think if Atlanta phase is not already on one of their last legs right now, which I'm shocked if they would be, but if they are, it does make you wonder. And maybe they've started to think about this themselves. If we lose the first major or even the second major, is that it? You know, so it's it's weird. Yeah, I mean, there's been like rumors of like Shotzi being linked to Atlanta phase as well. I don't know. It's weird. So I honestly, um, it's interesting. I was just looking at Hastro's tweet that said, "Drop a player, player wins COD champs the next year," which has happened the last three years. Everybody that Optic has dropped has come back and won champs. You know, Crim yeah. Six and Envoy, and so it's like, and and Alec, and so it's like. He put drop a player, resign a player, player wins. The reality is these players were dropped. Like th- that's the thing that I think everybody has to accept is that Optic did not just troll all of us. They made a decision, uh, and it was a smart one to bring that team back together. But I'll tell you this: like maybe they're on that two week extension stuff, and we just don't know it. You know, like because the game the, extension, yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to play a couple weeks into the game and then you can change your roster. I think with FaZe, I think Attach could be an upgrade for that team if he played main. Um, And not because he's better than Alec. I think Dylan brings that veteran, icy mindset that, you know, pulled off the greatest reverse sweep we've ever seen in Call of Duty history. And I think that he could add... There's no way you're going to, like, it's got to be hard to boo Attach. You know what I'm saying? Like, his persona overall brings a whole different feeling to a team like that. And I don't know if he would play there. Um, I honestly think he was trying to get onto Optic the moment that that was a real availability. I don't know if he could play uh, at phase. I, I honestly don't know. I know that from all the players I talked to, from the agents I talked to when I was on the ground at champs, he is literally like the number one most sought after uh, pro in terms of, you know, a lot of teams will give him an opportunity to not just yeah. come to their team, but make decisions. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that he could land there on phase? Um, I think it's a possibility. <clears throat> My big thing is that, I think a lot of people forget how talented that Arshadis is. Like, he is on Atlanta phase, knowing his role. Like, think about it. Atlanta phase, whenever they lost to the Dallas Empire, they had to make two changes. They dropped Major. They dropped Priesta. They kept that core three together. And the first player that they, you know, managed to get was the perfect player. That literally, to me, was the definition of a perfect roster change. What they said they needed... What yeah. they got, the role worked out perfectly. The mentality of the way the players worked. I don't, I've never said that in my life. Like, oh, this fits. This is this is it. Like, this is the one. And that, right. to me, was the perfect decision that Atlanta Phase could have made. And so it's kind of like the same deal with, like, Karma back in, Optic, in the Optic Gaming days. It's like we will it, – it, it's not a bad thing for their careers, but it's almost sacrificing the um, – the skill level and the talent for the accolades. And so I feel like Arsys has done that as well to where it's like, I'm going to go to this team and I'm going to win, but I'm not going to look like the best player by any means because of the guys that I have around me, because of the way the games work. And so right. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that when 
Arsenies ended up going to litter. You know, a lot of people forget that Chicago Huntsman year, and for you know good reasons. Five and five is difficult to follow. He was, you know, trying to figure out how to be the right teammate for the team. He was going back and forth between roles. But even prior to that, on that E United team, he was a top five player. Like he was, he was a top five player in the entire game. And yeah. then whenever he was, and the biggest thing was that like E United needed help because at the start of the year, it was like, okay, well, we have Arsties, we have this new guy in Ibiza, uh, you know, we have the veterans and we have Prestini. Like, how is this team going to work? Arsties was leading in every statistical category for that team and every KD of every game mode, every, every single thing that you could look at, he was the best player in that regard. And so right. I feel like when you talk about Atlanta phase, he doesn't give it, get enough props for what he does. I think he's unbelievably unselfish for the team. And that's the hard part is that, like, if you're Atlanta, you don't know 100%, like, are we – like, are, if we replace Arsties, are we going to have a player that just fills into this role? Or is he just amazing at what he does that we just don't notice it? And I think it's probably the latter of that. Um, and so yeah. could Attach fill that role? I think that he could. I would be worried about filling in Attach because the only knock that I have on him is just that we just saw half of a season – on that role in a really weird game. I mean, yeah, Vanguard is definitely not helping all of this. And, you know, looking at FaZe, like, I saw Rab, you know, posted like 10 minutes ago that, you know, legitimately they were looking at Shotzi and Dashi, and they were trying to get, you know, either one of those guys to replace Alec. And it's like, I don't know what the, like, who would have played main, you know, like Celium, if, yeah. if they got Shotzi, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, um, and and that, then I guess Simp would have gone to a flex because he can technically do that. He did run it a few in his I early mean, those career. But... people would be gross. Like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they would be disgusting. Again, I'd be asking, who's the IGL? Who is, you know, who's helping the team? You know, uh, something JCap posted yesterday when, when Dash and Illy got dropped was that, you know, it takes way more than just a KD to win in the CDL, which – you know, the Los Angeles Thieves proved to all of us is that it, it takes a lot more, you know, and I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I'm happy that Optic are running it back. I wish I knew what happened because this is going to impact every other team that was trying to get dashy. Yeah. It, you know, something that Octane said in a video he did yesterday was like, when these type of players are available, you stop everything you had planned. You stop talking to the players you were talking to the team with mm -hmm. and you try to see if you can team with Illy or Dashi. So even if you were talking to Attach, if you were talking to any of the Rocker players, if you were talking to try to get on Hydra's team, like any of the lag players, like you just pause and you try to figure out, maybe I can work with these guys. And yeah, so absolutely. I, I think it's um it's an interesting shakeup uh, that this happened. And, you know, I've never, I'm trying to think like, if I've ever seen this happen where, cause didn't E United do this to us somehow. Like they, they trolled the whole community, but it was that they were making us think that they were coming into the CDL and then they, yep. Did. Yeah. That was a, that was a hard one. Yeah. To follow. But I'll say this, like they did bait. I, I guess it is kind of a similar situation. Like optic Texas didn't say, Hey, we're dropping these guys the same way that United, you know, I think what it was just them getting into halo at the time right. was it. So, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's tricky. That's definitely up there. I kind of forgot about them. So have you thought at all about what you think is going to happen to the Minnesota Rocker and how you think they're going to rebuild? Well, I was going to say that I'm like, you know, I think that New York could be favorites to get Illy and Dashy. Uh, you know, Seattle maybe could be getting one of them. Uh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> one of the, I think the most interesting destinations is that we haven't heard anything about Rocker yet. Um, like, you know, we've heard a few things linked to Florida, you know, we've heard basically every single team has somewhat of a tease as I look down the list. Like, I think I, we've heard basically something about every team that actually yep. is going to make a move. Uh, even Atlanta phase, who nobody thought might make a move. They even had something talked about them outside of like the LA thieves, like Minnesota rocker, despite having a totally open slate has nothing attached to them. And funny enough, that pun was intended. Uh, -uh. uh I feel like <laughs> that is what they're going to do first. Um, or at least that's what they're going to try and attempt, uh, which I believe that they should, you know, similar to a player like Illy, 
I think getting attached into a team first, you have that designated flex, uh, I think should be the move that they make. Um, you know, it's mm. a great piece to start off with. That could be somebody and attach who is You're great. saying you think they're going to bring him back? Or they're going to try to bring him back? Yes. I, th- I think that like Minnesota's first task as of this moment is like, hey, let's try to bring back attach. Let's also try to give him the keys to see what he wants to do. Uh, see if he can draw some players in, maybe be an ambassador for us. Maybe he even puts together a team and we bring everybody in. I think that should be um, Minnesota's target, uh, at least in my eyes. Now, I think it's good to have a secondary plan. I think it's good to have somebody else in mind so you don't just put all your eggs in one basket. And if attached goes to like LAG, for example, or Boston or wherever, New York, um, it'd be good to do that. But I think the the first priority, and I'm sure it probably already is, is to bring back attach and to see, you know, gauge his interest. Interesting. Um, do you think attach and like maybe Cami would work well together? Uh, it would depend to me solely on attach because I know he's talked about it previously, how um, he does enjoy the flex role. I don't know if he's all in on the main AR. Um, I'm not sure if that would be a great position for somebody like Cami either. So you do have an interesting spot where it's like, Two players who both run the flex, both pretty exclusively run that weapon. Right. Somebody would have to make the move. Um, it, it really just depends on the title. If if that was to be, if if that is going to be a big impact, it would obviously depend on the title. If um, that's something severe, but do I see a world in which that happens or could happen? Definitely. Well, but um, and the one positive too for Minnesota is that if you do sign attach, he's an unrestricted free agent. That also is a huge positive because you have no money that you got to pay. Cammy, who is restricted, it would free, you know. Yeah. You basically right. use those funds that you'd pay for attach, focus it all on to somebody like Cam. Well, and I think that, you know, there was a – Clayster was on the flank yesterday and he kind of teased. They were they put a tweet of Brian Saint and he's like, that's my coach, you know, and everybody's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But I, I've always – I mean, I love – Clayster and Krim and you know on the Rocker podcast I'm always called a, a stand for those two guys and um, I just love their careers I mean a lot of the old heads Zam, Scump you know like I just I, I like all those guys attach um, because they were so young when I started talking about competitive COD and to see yeah. them still playing at the highest level blows my mind you know and so like when I look at um, the potential of Clayster, like I think a Clayster attached, you know, reunited could be good depending on who they were able to pull in on the sub, you know, like if they could get a good sub duo, like maybe I don't know about a hook going there, you know, like in a seam or something like that. Like, I don't know um, what type of a, a roster that the rocker can form, but I know that there's a lot of players that respect their organization. They pay well, they treat their players extremely well. Brent, uh, Brett Diamond has a really good reputation among players as a GM yeah. or owner. And, uh, you know, of course they have Midnight there and they produce a lot of cool content, you know, and so, and they have a facility, right? So I, I wonder if they'll be able to, um, they're doing something. They're just, again, I, I think the Minnesota Rocker are really smart. Like JP, the guy that runs, you know, all their esports, like, I got to meet him at Champs, and that dude is just really, really smart, and I think he's going to make good decisions. Um, switching over to another, you know, kind of like, do you have? Did you have any thoughts on what would happen with LAG uh, with the Los Angeles Growth? Yeah, so I feel like it's it's LAG is like one of the weird teams right now because they, I think, what they just basically signed everybody back on the team option at least for kind right of, now. Yeah, yeah, right. for the most part. So it's like they technically do have a starting lineup. And what I thought they could be doing, which it's not, you know, common for this to take place, is like, you know, they want to have assets available. Don't just allow players to walk. Um, And so maybe they would like try to put like a trade involved. Like if they were interested in somebody from a team uh, Mm -hmm. who was going to be a restricted free agent, maybe, hey, I'll give you Spart and I'll give you Hook for this guy. Or I'll give you Neptune and I'll give you Slasher and a scene for this, you know. However, it would turn. Um, that was, in my eyes, maybe what they were doing. But I think LAG is one of the more interesting rosters right now because I was kind of putting together some teams last night, like just in my head, like what would what would occur? How would this kind of work? Uh, I know a few players have been attached to Florida from the LAG players. I think it was like maybe Neptune and Hook, or maybe it was Neptune and the Seam. I kind of forget. I know Neptune was involved in going back to Florida. 
Um, but I feel like for LAG, I really like the Asim piece. I really like the slasher piece. And yeah. to me, Spart is very intriguing as well. Um, so, I don't Spart's know. Spart's a I, hard I, call, man. He is. He absolutely is a hard call. Um, but when I've, I've had the chance to, like, hear Clay talk about him as a teammate, yeah, I've heard, I've heard him say it about a few players. I actually heard him say it about Cammy back in MW, and he was like, dude, just trust me. Like, I know good talent when I see it. Cammy will be, you know, one of the – a great player in this league. You know, a year later, he's a top three player in, in right. Cold War. And that was in MW when he told me that. He said something similar uh, about Spart. And so – I don't know. Whenever I, I heard Clay say that, he's always, to me, Spart is like an interesting piece that I think LAG has. So I feel like they have some really good pieces. I, very similar to Minnesota, am curious about Attach's possibility of going to a team like LAG. Uh, Attach would obviously have Whoa. the ability to be in LA, right? He gets to go back home, uh, which he's been in Minnesota for the past year. So, it, you know, at least it helps in that right. way. Uh, he maybe gets to choose, pick apart the players that he wants to team with. If he's like, hey, I want a seam and I want Spart, cool. We'll make sure that happens. You know why? Because we have everybody on the team already. So LAG is interesting because I feel like they're almost set up for a big franchise type of player to come in and instantly mm-hmm. make decisions because they have all the power to do basically whatever they want. Yeah, I, I that would be interesting to me. I mean, Attach could still stay in purple, but um... – I just, like, to be honest with you, I think the thing with Dylan is, like, he's, I think he has an opportunity here to return to, like, a giant franchise, like, when he was on phase, you know, and um, I don't know, I, I think on the tail end of his career, he he already has one of the largest social footprints in terms of, you know, like Twitter, but not like YouTube necessarily, but he's growing it. But, you know, he has one of the large, largest social footprints um, in terms of how the engagement he can get for a team yeah. um, in the CDL. You know, he's been around, he's almost got half a million. So like, you know, that's, uh, those are big boy numbers. And I think that Dylan is going to want to partner with an organization that can help him grow those numbers so that in two, two, three years, whenever he decides to retire, um, he has the largest kind of business opportunity possible for himself as an individual. Now, if I'm like his agent or whatever, or even just one of his homies, you know, like when I saw him and I think I'm allowed to say this, um, he was really busy. And so he wasn't able to see me. I, I talked to his mom a lot, but then when I finally got to see him, we were up in the VIP section, like watching the grand finals or something. And I walked over and said, what's up? And he was like, sorry, man. He's like, I've been really busy. And I was like, uh you came here knowing you weren't playing you've probably been busy for weeks and he kind of just smirked at me and nodded his head you know and so like yeah i know dylan has been doing the running the gamut you know just like looking for taking meetings with teams talking to players um i think he is in one of the best positions of his career if i'm honest with you in terms of him getting to choose i don't know if he chooses lag like i see the reasons you're saying, I don't know if he would play with Slasher, you know, um, and I also don't know if LAG would drop Slasher for attach. I mean, I have no idea, you know, and so it's an interesting thought, him going to LAG um, and playing with some of those players. There are good players there. They do have a good, like, they have a giant roster of too many people. Um, I think they have five or six, so they got to decide who's going to play, who's going to start, who's going to sub, and then let some of those players go to other teams. Um Moving to another interesting team, the Florida Mutineers decide to blow it up, in the words of Stephen Aix Smith, and um, <laughs> <laughs> they drop everyone but Dave Patty. I have, I am honestly, this is the most confusing decision, more confusing than Dashy getting dropped by Optic. This is the most confusing decision I've seen, and I'm wondering your thoughts on Florida, and then also what you think is going to happen with Skies and Wake. Yeah, I mean, first with Florida, I don't know. Like, I really – I am a fan of Dave Patty. I will say that. But I don't know if he's the guy that – we're like, yeah, let's just let's just go with Dave. Like, <laughs> you know, I feel like he made some great strides in the Challengers. I'll say this. The reason why I, I maybe could see Florida doing this is not just for cost's sake, but I think it also could be possible – 
um, because maybe they saw what he did in challengers. Maybe they saw great promise in him. Obviously they kept him on the bench uh, and clearly didn't drop him for a reason. So I think that maybe what Florida is is doing, they're thinking long-term, what it could be is like they're investing solely in SMGs who they know they can get, bring Dave in as a safe option uh, in case maybe a main AR doesn't work out. Or again, maybe they decide, to invest in him. Um, so like I said, maybe they saw what they, or maybe they like what they saw in challengers. I know uh, from the content pieces that Florida have uploaded, you know, Ogre two is a big fan of the guy's work ethic. He was like, yeah, I am is. a huge fan of the fact that he is the first one in, he's the last one to leave. Um, if he's, if other guys are bored, there's nothing to do. What's Dave doing? Oh, he's shooting bots after our series. Everybody went back to the hotel. What's Dave doing? He's shooting bots. So, there's like a part of me that's like really rooting for Dave Paddock because I think that he has the potential to be a great player in the league. I think he figured right. out some of the um, issues that he had. And I honestly feel like that Florida team last year was just kind of weird. Like we saw Vivid leave that team, go and see success elsewhere. Dave Paddy, maybe he's a similar case where it was just a weird team that just ultimately doesn't work with anybody who has a variation of a play style. Uh, and Florida, like I said, they had the fastest player in the league in Vivid, and they had the slowest player in Dave. Right. So it's like that already doesn't really make sense. So there's, to me, a little bit that could go on with Florida and Dave. Maybe there's a reason for that. Um, and then really just in terms of Skies and Awakening, I mean, just and gut reaction is that I think Skies definitely has the ability to go a few places. I think New York will be at the top of the list, especially if Hydra's there. And then for Big Wake, like, I don't know, maybe Wake could go to, like, the Legion, maybe? Like, or maybe LAG could be an opportunity for him. He's a main, right? Uh, so, the weird thing for Wake is that I feel like he technically is a flex, but ran the SMG last year uh, for Florida because they had that whole weird situation where they... had three ARs, yeah. Yeah, but the year prior in Cold War, it was Skies as the main um, and Awakening as the flex. So... I don't know. It's a it's a weird situation. I think that Skies can do, or sorry, that Awakening can do both. So there's a, there's a big market for Wake, but the problem for him is is just simply that he has no experience playing with really anybody because he's solely been on the Florida Mutineers ever since he joined them halfway through MW. He's been you know really attached to Skies at the hip. Whenever you think yeah. about like players, it's always like, oh sure. yeah, Skies and Awakening. So yeah, I feel like there's some positives for him. There's also some negatives. Um, I think that both of them could go elsewhere, and based could off of some rumors. Go to... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. I was gonna say, just based off rumors, you know, it sounds like Florida may be moving on, but I, I wouldn't move too far away from Big Wake at the very least. But go ahead. Well, I mean, could they both go to New York with Kismet and Hydra? Would that work? I mean, technically, um, technically, it could happen because uh, you'd have Hydra and. If they wanted to keep Kismet, which again, I'm a huge Kismet fan. I think they should keep Kismet He's too as good a safe. Of they need it. He is. He holds a very valuable role. You know, how's he going to play the next game? I don't know, but to me, that that play style that he has is going to translate into into any right. and every single COD. Um, so if they have Hydra and Kiz, you know, then you'd have the opportunity for for Wake and, and Skies to slot in the flex and AR position. So hmm. it could work. I don't know if like New York is willing to invest. And like big wake and skies over again because Florida tried it. I mean, really, for the past two and a half years, it's been the experiment. It's been the talking point. I know this because I cast Florida all the time. Right. What do you think of you know the first thought when it comes to Florida? Can they be consistent and can wake and skies play together? That's literally what we talked about about Florida for the past two years. So does New York, off of a crazy year, spending you know all this money on the Hydra, this lineup, really trying to hit this year? As strong as possible, do they want to invest in that again? Try that experiment out once more. I don't know if I would, but again, yeah. two very talented players. There's, there's no question about that. Okay, so we got mm, seven minutes or so left, so I'm going to lightning round you a little bit. Um, so I'll uh, mention a player or a coach or something, and you just kind of uh, off the top, if you can, answer. <laughs> the question I asked. Okay. Uh, first one is where does Crim Six go? Um, Crim. So I'm, I know this is lightning. <laughs> it really to me. Okay, so I'll say this. It really depends on where Attach goes for me when it comes to Crim okay. because I could see Crim 
deciding to go to maybe a Florida or maybe a Minnesota. If Atanch does not go to Minnesota, I think Krim could go there. There's no way in the world he goes back to New York. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. Where does – if Crowder is actually off of phase, where does he go? Uh, Crowder's full-time content. If he leaves Atlanta phase, he's full-time content. Okay. I uh, didn't see that one coming. Uh, does Bance make it back in the league, and where does he go if so? God, I hope so. I love Bance. Bance is, like, literally one of my favorite players in the entire league. Uh, I think Bance will be somebody that probably gets added a little bit later. Um if you are a CDL franchise right now, I think you try to add in the superstar piece first. Obviously, SMGs are difficult to get, a hot commodity, obviously. Um, and honestly, okay. if you if you are talking about New York, depending on the other players that you have, I wouldn't mind seeing Bance work alongside Hydra as an SMG duo. Oh, that would be interesting, actually. Didn't I wouldn't hate that, that by any means. Uh, what team does Parasite end up coaching for? That's a good one. Um, maybe LAG because what Ricky got uh, Ricky got promoted to I think a GM position. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, Bevels is no longer there. Uh, right. You know, he's got some he's got like some history there of slashers there. You know, maybe they talk about challengers if LAG is going to move some pieces around. Obviously, Haggy knows all about that stuff. So I'd say LAG at least. Off okay. the rip sounds like uh, a viable option. Maybe Las Vegas, you know, new franchise. Yeah. Maybe they try to start things over. If you ever, if you told me in the past, like five years ago, that Ricky, Parasite, and Slasher would be in the same organization, I would have said, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess. That probably was a team back in Ghost, to be honest. We just don't even remember. No, well, Parasite's played for, like, more teams than anybody. Like, he, yep. he, like if you look at anything where they show the top 20 players of all time, he's, like, number you know, 16 or 17, and his list of teams goes too far for the document. Like, it's, oh, gosh. it's bananas. He's played with so many different rosters. But that's a good thing because I think he's used, and I give him gas a lot, you know, because I think he needs it because not enough people do. But I think Parasite used the flank and Dixerto, the the show on there, um, to really change the public persona of him over the last year. And I yeah. think he's done it successfully. Agreed. So I'm, Agreed. Uh, I'm, happy Very for, I'm happy for Chris, you know. Um a lot of people give him gas and say he should be on a team. What about Standy? Where's he go? Um, Standy, I think, again, just not knowing the whole landscape of things. Uh, I know he's been attached to Florida. Uh, I know with some of the tweets, he was pointing out, like, hey, let's rebuild. So, to me, that says Las Vegas. That says to me Minnesota. That, to me, says Florida, uh, with hmm. probably Florida being the lead candidate, if I had to guess. Okay. Um, who lands on Toronto? Um, I think, okay, so I'll say this. If now that everything's pretty clear cut, Dash and Illy are no longer on the table. I think that Toronto is one of the easier teams to call. I think that they bring in Afro. I think that those rumors I'm assuming are true, which again, take that it for however like, you yeah, like. It's a legit leak from Zuma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm a, I'm a huge Afro guy. I think that he has the ability to be a top five player in the game caliber player. I mean that when I say it. Uh, so I think mm. him and Kleenex will be the SMGs, and I think Scrappy comes in as the flex, and Toronto has a very, very interesting lineup moving into next season. Uh, and then the last one – well, let me ask two more. Um, yeah. Do Major Maniac and or Gunless make it back into the league? Those are the two players that are on the outside right now because there's a lot of flex players who are transitioning into like main ARs or at least – showcasing that they can and when those and obviously you know gunless is by definition a flex major maniac is a main ar so it's like you kind of have these two players that are in a interesting moment right now i think with the amount of talent that there are and when it comes down to ars at this moment um i think it's i'll say that maybe one of them has the chance i think both of them will be signed on as substitutes at the least uh, but I was going through it last night, and I was having a really hard time of trying to figure out, like, okay, there's one spot left. There's a flex role on this team or a main AR position on this team. <laughs> you've got, like, three options. You've got four options, and I'll continue to say it. With the challenger talent that exists out there, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to not want to go with younger players these days. Well, and also you get younger players cheaper, I mean, if we're honest. You know, like – yeah. 
it, the salaries I'm hearing, like if I can get somebody that plays like Hydra for like a third of that price, like, I mean, I might go that route, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it just seems like uh, a good possibility. Um, well, then think, think about it really quick. Three out of the last yeah. four years, who's been the MVP of the league? It's been a rookie. Black Ops 4 oh, was simp. MW, you could say it was Shotzi. Uh, obviously, you know, Cold War is what it is. And technically, Selium was the MVP this year. But if you're talking about, like, a player who's definitely up there in the conversation, uh, it'd be Pred. So it's like, you know, for and, sure. and we're talking about SMGs, three out of the last four years, one of the best players, if not the best player in the game, was a rookie. So, do you, How do you think Scrappy's going to perform at a pro level? Uh, I know a lot of people are a little bit worried about like, oh, you know, was he just good at, you know, Vanguard? How's he going to play? Everything that I've heard about Scrappy is unbelievably positive. Um, I've had the chance to like hear the Toronto franchise talk, you know, a lot about him. I think I even talked to you about him a little bit as well. It's like everybody loves this guy. And there have been times when the team's been scrimmaging and – you know, maybe a player like goes to, to take a bathroom break and Scrappy's like, hey, let's just run it. I'm, I'm down. I'll just play. I'll, I'll fill in for this guy. They're like, right. what? Like, he's using the bathroom. He's like, no, run it. Let's do this. So um, <laughs> I think I, I think already uh, he'll instantly come into the league. His first, you know, few interviews, his first win over a top team, he's going to be looked upon instantly as, like, one of the favorites, one of the big faces in the league. Uh, he'll obviously be up there for rookie of the year conversation, uh, at least in my eyes, especially with that team. He'll have the ability to really shine. Uh, and if he is playing alongside players like Afro and Kleenex and Insight, uh, I think he's set up for a lot of success. But I am a, a big Scrappy fan. He's a really nice guy in person. Uh, very humble, but obviously incredibly passionate. That's so. shocking to hear. Yeah, I was like, you know, listen. I mean, I got to hear him live. I went down to the yeah. pit. And just heard him yelling and screaming. At well, at least, at least like. whenever I'm like with Jay, like if me and Study are like, you know, walking through the halls and, you know, we're near the Challenger stations, he'll always come up to Jay and just be like, dude, what's up? Great to see you, man. He'll even come up to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I appreciate that. You definitely don't have to do that to me because, like, player to player, I totally get that stuff. Hey, you um, show love to the Caspers, man. Yeah, yeah, you do. The, you know, you know but, like, don't want that Casper curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, thank you for your time, Landon. Like, I mean, this hour passed really, really quick. I mean, I'm sure did. you could have this conversation for another two hours and it not even like we wouldn't even notice. Um, it's always great, of course, bro, to reunite the sticks fam and absolutely and ho- holler at you about, um, call of duty and all these roster changes. Um, the Texas thing was a freaking bomb. It blew up my head. Like I am wondering, <laughs> Because it had to have been Rambo and Seth that agreed on the dropping of those two guys. And so for them to come back means that Rambo and Seth came to an agreement to bring them back. You know, I think that Rambo has a very solid role on that, you know, in the organization. And Castro is, is, has always been a winner, you know, no matter what. He, his yeah. loyalties are to winning. And so um, that's why when Seth said, yo, can I come to Indy? He was like, sure. <laughs> you know, like, I, um and he did it the right way. Like, he's like, yeah, we got to talk to your mom and to Hector and, you know, right. let's make sure we do this above board. Um, this is one of the better roster manias that we've had in a long time, because even though the optic change was whatever it was, uh, it still for a day was probably the biggest, you know, Call of Duty news we've seen in years. We had the best uh, viewership on COD Champs that we've ever had um, average viewership this year with a bad game. And so uh, I'm excited for September 15th to see this game. Of course, I want to see Warzone Mobile as well, you know, as a, as a mobile player. Sure. Um, but Warzone 2 and Warzone Mobile and Modern Warfare 2, like I'm just really, I haven't been this excited about a title in a long time. Um, you know, Vanguard gave me vibes of World War II, which was not one of my favorite games. And so um, it, it, this is, uh, we're going into a good year. Um, the, I do think that the league is not going to be as top heavy as it would have been if Dashy was legitimately available. I think that him going back to optic, it's weird to say this, you know, I saw um, temp and attach in a restaurant doing temps, you know, show. And they both agreed that optic is not overrated to the players, but they're overrated to the fans and that they, they were really like, but to the players, they thought of them as a top six, top four team at best. 
Yeah. Um, not top two, like everybody, like all their fans would say the entire year. And I think for Optic to be like, we're going to go into the next year as a top four, top six team is a big deal because if they made changes, they would have easily become a top two, top one team. Like we thought that roster was coming into this year. So, yeah, um, you know, interesting to see how it works out. Interesting to see if Illy's finger is fine or if he ends up with kind of like the, the Zuma curse, which would be unfortunate because Zuma at least had enough of a following and fan base to start the flank. Um, and now he's, you know, sitting with 20,000 viewers <laughs> each day because of optics changes. Um, but no, I appreciate the time in. Um, I love roster mania. Thank you to everyone that, uh, stopped by today. This was a different version of the show. And so I, I've noticed that we had a, a really interesting new crop of people, um, listening in today. And those of you guys that are listening on Spotify, you can catch these episodes live on, uh, AMG influence on Twitter. Um, Every Thursday at 2.30 Pacific. Uh, we did 3 o'clock today, so just stay tuned to the AMG Twitter because I never reveal my guests early, always the day of. And so I will see you guys next week at the exact same time. And thank you again, Landon, uh, for talking with me today. Of course. Anytime. Happy to make it a, a three-time appearance. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. We'll do it, man. All right, guys. Uh, adios. And make sure if you want to listen to any – if you missed some of this, you can go back and listen to it later today on this recording or on Spotify under AMG Spaces. Peace out.